And we're live. And we are live. How's it going? Hey, what? Wait a minute. It's tomorrow. <laughs> oh, just across midnight. Uh, wow. How's it going? Busy week. Busy week. Well, a lot of work, I think, for both. You have travel in your life. You yeah. are recording other podcasts. You traitor. It's you know. <laughs> You weren't supposed Expanding to Expanding li- our portfolio. You weren't supposed to, to know about this. <laughs> I've been seeing other podcasts. I've been seeing other podcasts. Exactly. Um but it's okay. I love yeah. you very much. Um yeah, I don't know. This <laughs> it's just, you know, something I do on the side. Um Should we give context or should we leave it as is no, and people have to try to figure out? We leave it as is. <laughs> Uh, maybe we'll put a link in the show notes if people want to listen. You have to do some research. Uh, yeah, um, you have to dig into it. Uh, do we have some follow-up? Uh, kind of. Very, very quick. But remember when we talked about the... You recommended or we talked about the LG monitor that you got. So this is like the oldest follow-up. But I did eventually get a the LG 5K display. And like on its first day, first day I tried it, I had all the issues. No. Like... Once an hour, the screen like would black out for oh like a couple seconds, then come back in, uh, come back up for no reason. Uh, if the computer would go to sleep, because um, like I would just put it asleep, or when I woke up, I try to turn it out on, it wouldn't work. I had to unplug and plug it again, and unplug and plug it again, and try to bring it back to life. Um, it wasn't working, so I had all the, the the issues on my on day one, and then. They just stopped. Like it haven't it hasn't blacked out ever again. And so far so okay. <laughs> like it's still an external display that the OS has to deal with. Right. And change resolutions and like where were your windows really? <laughs> and like all of that nonsense uh that you just you just didn't have when you had an iMac. R.I.P. iMac, I still love you. Um so you know, it's not perfect. Uh, but it, it's okay now. But then one week in, in good old Rafa fashion, now there's rumors, strong rumors, that Apple is uh, about to maybe unveil a 6K 33-inch display. Oh, my gosh. I'm so ready for that. This <sighs> like, I immediately glorious. thought, like, so I expense, you know, this monitor, the company paid for it. So it's a company monitor, so I can't really sell it because it's not mine. Um, uh, but I and I can't also just ask for a new one because I literally just got this one and it's perfectly fine. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, do we could we use two displays in this house? Maybe, <laughs> 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 you know, technically two people work from home at this uh, this apartment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, why not? Because right now we are like we are sharing this display. display. Oh, so really? Okay. In the morning time, uh, Deborah, you know, this is Deborah's display, and then. After lunch, uh, it's my display. So yeah, no, I think this situation is unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, unacceptable. We, yeah. Told, we need a second yeah. one. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's a shame that you don't have two displays. So, <laughs> Apple, I am ready. Done and uh, done. Whenever, yeah, whenever I you want. I feel like the money's already left your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so ready for this display too. It's gonna be uh, thinner bezels because it's gonna be bigger. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen a like a thirty-three inch monitor. That's that sounds huge. Was it thirty-one? <laughs> I thought it was thirty-one. 
Maybe it's 31. Maybe, I Maybe it is. But like the biggest one is 27, right? Like yeah. a, that I've ever seen. Apple used to have a 24 inch, like the IMAX. Mm. They were like more square shaped. Like the, the aspect ratio was not, I right. think it's 16 by 9 now or whatever it is. It was like more square ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had one of those, like very old IMAX. Loved it. But then, you know, 24 was the, the larger size, larger size. But now they have 27, yeah. so this 31 or whatever it is. I think someone on, on Twitter did the calculations. It's like, if you take the iMac and then you make the bezels much, much thinner, <laughs> you get eventually to 31-inch <sighs> display. So Seems, I love it. Yeah. Also, you know, the iMac um, industrial design is, you know, that, that like has a hunchback, right? So it's very thin at the borders. Mm-hmm. But that design has been around for years. Yeah. So... I am really excited to see a brand new industrial design. I mean, who are we kidding? It's probably going to look like an iMac, but you know, but without the no constraints, because um, you know the the Apple external displays looked a lot like iMacs. Same little foot, right? Um, same basic shape and stuff. But, but it's so much better. It, it goes. It's like black all the way to the bottom. Like it doesn't have the chin the same way the iMac does. So right. so I imagine yeah, just yeah. that, but like. Like just an entire screen, and well, okay. I think where I think is a less int- a boring prediction is I think the screen edges will actually be rounded. They're not going to be squared off. They're going to be rounded like that. So iPhone. we would need Mac OS would need to get up with the times and yes, adapt yes. And change. <laughs> so what would happen to the like the menu bar? Just have padding. Yeah. To make up for the... Yeah, I think what iOS has been doing is they've been making the status bar a little bit taller um, Mm -hmm. and just giving it a bit more padding. So I think that's what's going to happen. It's probably not going to be as rounded as the phone, but my guess is it would be rounded. Well, even is the phone, is the same uh, corner radius as the iPad Pro? No. the same? I don't think so. So, Okay, so there's a precedent. Or at at the very least, it looks different. at, right. at least in my eye, like just a different form factor. Okay, so boring prediction time. Do you think if Apple, when they release, announce a new display, which by the way, I'm thinking that they will only ship it with the new Mac Pro. But anyway, and there's rumors that they will announce that at WWDC. So, so we're talking about probably like a year. <laughs> it's unclear though, because um, it seems from the rumors that um, the new MacBook Pro and the display will be shown. And then the mm. the MacBook Pro, uh, the the Mac Pro was supposed to just be kind of previewed. So my guess is the display will come with a MacBook Pro, and then the Mac Pro will just be teased, and then will be av- available later. And this would be probably at WWDC. Yes, this year, June. Okay, so uh, I haven't been able to say this. Boring prediction time. Sorry. <laughs> if when they ship this new display, do you think the height and the and the angle of the screen would be adjustable. Angle, yes. Height, no. And I will hate it. <laughs> I have this screen, this LG display, the same one you have that you hate. Um, the, <laughs> the fact that you can adjust the height of the screen is amazing. Like, I love that. I, like, it, it just it feels stupid to me that, like, not every screen has that. It'd be so much better. Uh, but my guess is that they they won't have that. Apple did ship. You remember that iMac that had the like the screen? It, what was it called? Like the sunflower. Yeah, iMac. yeah, yeah. That was crazy. Yeah, that was awesome. 
I miss the early 2000s industrial design yeah. thing. We were crazy. Well, it was crazy, anyway. but it still holds up to this day, I feel. Yeah, it, I mean, the display is like 15 inch. It's like a, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, like as just an object, like, piece yeah, of art. Yeah, like absolutely. this thing is oh, incredible. Yeah. It's true for most of their products, I think. Well, yeah. Yeah. But, eh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some uh, more than we should others. move on. We should move on before people say that we are Apple fanboys. How dare you, sir, well, man, you know. <laughs> boy, girl, uh, person. Uh, just one last last final piece of follow-up. Uh, I just want to say that I d- did uh, watch the Rams documentary. That's it. How was it? <laughs> um, I liked it. You know, the soundtrack of all the Gary... Show. What's the name of the director? Uh, Hudson. All of his documentaries. So, whatever. Sure. Uh, all of his documentaries are like inspiring us. I have to bleep this now. Um, <laughs> and like cool soundtracks. It used to be L ten eleven the band. I think now they have their own thing. But um, anyways, like it's very inspiring. I feel like yeah, I'm a designer. <laughs> and like <laughs> I can do whatever. Um, but this one was the least favorite of all three, four. Oh, okay, four. interesting. Um, it's it's like I. You know, I respect the heck out of uh, Dieter Rams' uh, work and the person, and I think he's like a legend of our but... lifetime. <laughs> but <laughs> I, 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 I'm forcing myself not to say "but" and say "and," so uh, <laughs> I'm gonna kick you in the end. Um, see what it did? Anyway, uh, I got it. So, yeah, I got it. So he's a legend, whatever, whatever. And the although. <laughs> Trying to not say but. Well, at the end of the day, it felt a little bit like uh, he's an old man yelling at Cloud, and like uh, some of his some of his ideas and ideals. Uh, I, I just wonder how much of that he could um, bring in, use that uh, to software. Like how much of that really, you know, translates to software, and most especially like marketing, because you know having the piece of design that will stand the testament of time if you're a marketing designer can you really do that what is the one marketing design page work whatever that like i feel like there's some ideas but Rafa, that good design is aesthetic <laughs> uh kevin did you know that design is not how it looks design is how it works oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy oh boy uh yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's it. Uh, watch it. It's cool. It's 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 a great documentary for designers. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> After destroying it. No, no. It's okay. It's okay. I hope everyone heard this. Rafa hates Dieter Rams okay. uh, and thinks he's an old man. So uh, yeah. Well, uh, we're very much looking forward to your documentary, Rafa. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, 2039. Um uh, there was at one point uh, at a documentary they were talking about you know his career and then you know he was at Braun and, and at one point like the Braun brothers or whatever like the the original co-founders CEO whatever they they got pushed out uh, when when Braun was acquired by Gillette which by the way I didn't know that happened that was a thing I didn't know that but anyway so then after the the merge uh, the acquisition I guess uh, Dieter effectively reported to a bunch of different CEOs. They kept rotating, like, 10 different people, whatever. And, of course, they never really valued design as much as the original founding team. And, of course, eventually he was, like, quote-unquote, 
pushed or slash promoted to like more of a VP role, whatever, less hands-on. And so he was like, and he was really unhappy. Dieter, like he was saying, I'm, I was really unhappy. So seven years later, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> that was a different Something time, like maybe. This. Yeah, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> That's like that's my whole career. Imagine spending my but, whole but Rafa, career. Design unhappy. is patient. <laughs> uh, oh Lord. Oh well. Anyway. Today I work I, I think I was a bit um too loud on my or too vocal about my distaste. Uh not my distaste, my, my, my complete lack of respect in anger towards email signatures can we talk about that real Ooh, quick? yes 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 so i can like you tell that we don't have a lot of side dishes so i, I, I like myself like a, a good simple signature like m dash your name your title that's it boom that's that's yes, kind of same so, that, so that's me so i have m dash break line yep my name maybe it's in bold not sure yeah i, don't think, so. I no, think my, my name, name is in bold Breakline, design and netlify. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Cool. Um, Use at uh, and not the at sign, not the ampersand, not ampersand. Jesus, the at sign. The no, I I just do um, design lead, comma Shopify. Hmm. I think I did. I write just design and netlify anyway. But <laughs> that's not. I don't so, want to point. But what I hate is you know the people who <laughs> attach an image. <laughs> Yes, and every you know single one Kevin, of their their emails has an email attachment. Ugh, this is frustrating. Maybe I'll have to edit all this out because this Why? just happened, and like I can't hide. Like I wonder at which company this happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who's using or suggesting to use images that work. Look, I think uh, if you're using a fancy email signature at a company, you don't care. <laughs> you really don't care. Yeah, you that totally people don't complain care. about. But like, it. and also. Sometimes you have you're promoting stuff for your product or whatever in your email signature. That's borderline. Like that's an ad. No, you you have an ad, and you, in your email. Yeah. Like, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Like, that's <laughs> it. Ads everywhere. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> your email presented with special offers. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, I might get in trouble for saying this. Uh, um, I am not. Well, you know, you know what the worst is. These are the ones that are like, please do not print this email. Yes. <laughs> like great intentions, but there's no way I would print this email. <laughs> uh, or the ones that have like an ND, a weird NDA that's like, oh, if you got this email by mistake, like close your eyes. Uh, I'm gonna put the, I'm gonna yeah. put that at the end of every single web page. Please don't print this web page. <laughs> exactly. uh, think of the trees. Oh my god! You say that though, but somehow I don't I don't know why, but it's always data people at the office who just print like literal like entire books on the printer. It's just like hundreds why? and hundreds of pages. Like we're just like all there. Like we pass by the printer all day and for the entire day this thing is printing god knows what full of like mathematics and stuff like that it's just insane Damn. so yeah i think I'm, i don't know maybe do you feel guilty when you print your pretty mock-ups and then you stick them to a wall no and you i have feel all no the team look at the wall i feel no guilt at all 
whatsoever. Because um, that's the one so thing few. that I haven't done. That's the one thing that I I'm, I'm missing in my career. Uh, not missing as in like I miss it, but more I haven't done it. Uh, which is I I never printed stuff and put them on a wall and have my team all of them look at the wall at the same time and probably have someone take a picture. Um, what are you even a real designer? <laughs> I know. Uh, like sometimes I would like earlier in my career I would I would force my I would print out stuff or like write stuff and post it notes and, glue, and post it in the in the wall just because I saw people do that but honestly that is not productive for me that's not how I think that doesn't work for me for me but I I did it cuz like I saw pictures of in blog posts of designers it looks that's so how you do good it, in so. a portfolio. I know, right? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm a big proponent of doing whatever works for you. So like, mm -hmm. if you're not a post-it kind of person, don't do post-its, whatever. It's fine. Boom. Also think of the trees that were used to print those post-it notes. That's true. Uh, okay. So that's it for follow-up. We do have a pretty cool personal main topic. But uh, before we do. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, do you have Is something? Is that a PewDiePie impression? Kinda. I think it's inspired by. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I do. I do have my. PewDiePie have have we try. have we canceled PewDiePie yet, or still still around? Uh, not yet, but it's pretty probably it's close. Um, I have my. Let's, let's do this. Let's, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um. So let me tell you about our sponsor for this week. It's Abstract. They're back. Abstract is a design workflow management for product design teams using Sketch. The workflows and tools available to growing design teams are still largely behind the times, especially when you compare it to tools that are used by developers. We spend a frustrating amount of time searching for files, exporting them from one tool and importing into another, consolidating feedback from multiple sources, and never really knowing what changes have been incorporated and approved. Abstract is your team's source of truth. So it's kind of like GitHub, but for designers. It brings all of your design workflow into a single unified place for designers, developers, stakeholders to collaborate and keep work moving forward. With Abstract, you can version design files, present work, request reviews, collect feedback, and give developers direct access to all specs, all in one place. In just two years, Abstract has already over 100,000 users and is used by companies like Intuit, Zappos, MailChimp, Shopify, Netlify, and thousands of others. I can't imagine how we would manage our design system without Abstract. So if you're interested, you can sign your team up for a free 30-day trial by heading over to goabstract.com. That's goabstract.com. And if you tweet them at goabstract and at layoutfm, uh, so mentioning the show, you'll be entered for a chance to win a $500 credit to your business plan. So our thanks to Abstract for sponsoring this week's episode of Layout. I'm looking at the live count of subscribers. I thought PewDiePie would be, you know, T uh, T series would uh, pass it today, but no, he what? came out strong. Okay, so this is literally the first time I hear about T series. <laughs> wait, 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 what wait, wait what? <laughs> you don't you don't know about this? Nope. Oh my god, dude! Who this are these this was huge. Uh, okay, so oh my god, I can't believe I'm talking about PewDiePie in this show. Um, PewDiePie, people who don't know, is a YouTuber, Swedish YouTuber, and he has been for the longest time now the most subscribed channel, you, uh, you know, at YouTube. And 
usually like just post video games and silly stuff, whatever. So a couple months back, maybe a year, whatever, a while back now, this one channel called T Series, T Series, which is like they just post a bunch of like video clips from India, I want to say. Anyway, it's like it's like a, this one corporation that just posts video clips and stuff. They were getting a lot of subscribers, like a lot, very fast. Hmm. And at one point, they were like really close to passing uh, PewDiePie, you know, getting more subscribers than PewDiePie and becoming the number one. So, of course, all the PewDiePie fans and PewDiePie himself like started this like <laughs> this battle, this of course, this as new movement to like let's fight T series and let's you know keep you know let's stay at number one and. Fans all around the world did all the most crazy things. They were starting like posting subscribe to PewDiePie, like graffitis and everywhere they they could find. Someone paid, uh, like to have an ad at Times Square, like subscribe what? to PewDiePie. Yeah, they there were rumors that someone would buy a slot, an ad at slot at uh, at the Super Bowl, but that didn't happen. But they had like people with signs at a very like specific location that effectively they got in all the pictures and they got like they were on tv and stuff wow so all this movement just to get more subscribers to peter pie so that he wouldn't lose against t-series and so all of this to say that the battle is really close and t-series is still catching up and i thought it was going to pass it today but apparently it's still going strong so right now they have a difference of thirty-five thousand subscribers which may sound a lot may sound like a lot but you know they have like a six. Do they million. have projections of when it will pass? All the projections was like, yeah, T series in a couple of days will will pass, right? PewDiePie, but it hasn't happened yet because, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> huh. well, the difference is increasing. So I don't know. So far, PewDiePie is fighting back. <laughs> I don't know what PewDiePie All did. Right, Maybe he just like went down. Oh, back up. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's been like this for months now. Wow. Like almost, almost there. But that's fascinating. Um, I'm sure both of these channels will be totally fine. <laughs> totally <laughs> fine. Um, it does make me think, though, of um, the recent documentary on Netflix called "The American Meme." They were sort it. of talking about it on uh, Cortex uh, this week. Oh. Um, it's pretty good. I recommend it. Well. Put a link in the show notes. Um, let me just paste it right there um, so you can see it. So, yeah, it's this documentary basically on the impact of fame on people. So uh, we're following characters like Paris Hilton, <laughs> Brittany Ferlin, oh, no. and a bunch of other people I had no idea existed. <laughs> um, Brittany Ferlin, is that from Vine? Yeah. Oh, I remember her. And so basically, like, she became super popular on Vine, uh, then tells the story of how she R. got R. her other friends to also go on Vine, and they all passed her. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, eventually Vine just shut down, and she lost all of her followers. And she was trying to go back to kind of just being an actress. Um, and then everyone was like, oh, yeah, I remember you from Vine. <laughs> Like, and nobody would take her seriously. Um, but this is like a pretty interesting, like, documentary. Just generally, like, I think it it addresses a topic that I'm very strangely interested in. Just like I I think like right now it's like fame is 
much more accessible to a broader range of people, like more than ever before. Um, Interesting. And it seems unclear to me what the kind of downsides or side effects of fame are going to be. Um, so this documentary tries to explore that. I think they only scratch the surface. Um, but I really wonder, like, for example, like a lot of the in- Instagram influencers, like, surely they're not like, this is not a long standing career, right? Like, no, yeah. Fame right now is also in very short bursts. Yeah. You can be super incredibly famous for a week. Yeah. After a week, no one remembers who you are anymore. And so, I don't know, I, f- I feel like that's kind of an interesting concept. And I'm so curious to see what these people are going to do after. Because, um, and also, mm-hmm. like, if you ask young people right now, like, what do you want to do? What do you want to become when <laughs> you get older? We'll say, like, YouTuber, or I want to be an influencer. It's like, well, but right. yeah, but that's not really, like, a job. <laughs> um, but it is. But it is, in people. a way. <laughs> I don't know. I... I always feel like for me, the best like quote unquote influencers are people who do something really interesting and that brings them, that makes them an expert in one field and then can talk about kind of their experiences in one way. So for example, like someone that that's like a really talented photographer who can then like talk about photography and like other stuff that they have. Like, I feel like that's interesting, but just someone who's influencer for the sake of being an influencer. I'm, I don't know. I'm just not sure about that. Yeah, no. I mean, let's be frank. Like, a lot of people just want to do the least amount of work for the most profit, right? Like, that you can. Uh, but like it's a lot of work. work. <laughs> yeah, but most people don't know that. Yeah. Right? And I feel like with this influencers and YouTubers and stuff, it's it's kind of like, you know, what what artists are. You know, the classic, you know, if you want to be an artist... <laughs> you know you're gonna be poor uh and even actors and stuff i feel like it's this idea of very few people in a profession in an area they are incredibly rich and famous but like most aren't yeah you know if you if you talk about you know um let's say if you work in construction or if you're a plumber it's like none is usually you know super rich and famous but the average is pretty like everyone's pretty equal. Right? It's pretty Mario, the plumber influencer. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's amazing. Well, with the exception of Mario. <laughs> Let me tell you about Squarespace. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Now I kinda wanna have that. <laughs> anyway. Uh but so but then people like, you know, like painters or, you know, actors, it's they're a very small number of people who are incredibly famous and you know they'll be famous forever you know after they die but let's face it most people like 90 percent or 99 percent actually don't don't make that <laughs> much money or whatever so you know but people uh, fantasize about that one percent and that's that's what they want to do yeah. like musicians jesus christ being a musician it's the worst <laughs> Yeah, one thing that was like, kind as of a int- profession, not playing music, but, you know, right? Don't email Kevin. <laughs> I don't know anything about <laughs> making music. Um, one thing that was kind of interesting in the documentary is, um, I, I think it was uh, Brittany Fer- Ferland who was talking about that. But um, at one point in her sort of Vine career, <laughs> her likes started going down, um, and I think like they kind of each of the characters that we follow in in this um, sort of have this moment of they 
it, it like this kind of fame and popularity was a thing that really like fueled them and gave them a lot of validation. And then a certain point where it starts to kind of like go down a little bit. Um, and then everyone realizes like, well, actually like this doesn't really make me happy. <laughs> this is just a job. <laughs> this is not me. This is not my life. Um, and one of the quotes that kind of stuck with me, I might not be exactly like that, but uh, it was something like, oh, like people are complaining or saying like, oh, uh, her likes are cute. All right, keep going down. And she's like, but you know what? How about I try to like me- myself for a second? <laughs> like, how about that? <laughs> how dare she? And, and <laughs> I think that's such stuff. like a great quote just because yeah. it's it can be easy, I think, to substitute liking yourself for other people's love and attention um mm-hmm. and i think it's a very real danger like you don't need to be kim kardashian to you know fall to to that like i you know even me like i every time i see someone like a, one of my tweets i was like ooh, like this is cool this is fun like people like this um now i've actually like don't even pay attention to that stuff <laughs> anymore like i've deleted the twitter app and tweetbot kind of has no stats but um yeah like i think there is that moment where you kind of realize you know what this is not real life like this is kind of a just just a different job and at the end of the day what matters to me is my more of my personal life rather th- than this like weird relationship i have with people i don't know mm-hmm. so I recommend it. Go check it out. It's not recommendations, but <laughs> it's pretty good. Okay, should we get should we get to our main topic? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, in our notes, I wrote down growing up to become your parent, which <laughs> I just I just lack of like a better title. I don't know what to call this. But so let me just tell this word picture. Um, this is the thing I've been I've been feeling more and more as I grow older, but. Um, it was this feeling was even more acute now that I have a report. And when I say acute, I don't mean like it's cute. It's <laughs> acute. <laughs> it's not. It's so cute as the feeling. Um, but like <laughs> it's become even more apparent and real uh, now that I have a report. Um, and I'm playing the manager role. Uh, it's this feeling of I grew up to play a role or have a set of ideals or have a position about certain things that when I was younger, I associated that as like, quote unquote, you know, the bad guy or the bad person, like, you know, the adult. And when you're a kid, like adults are boring. They don't let you do anything and they're terrible. And ugh, I wish like when I'm an adult, I'm not going to be that way. And then, you know, when you are an adult, you find yourself effectively becoming your parent. Like, oh shit. All the stuff that I thought it was terrible and I was like, I, th- I thought it was so lame. I'm doing it myself <laughs> now. And everyone goes through some, you know, everyone th- goes through this in some way or another, I think. Um, but it's become more and more apparent now because I feel like my report is like pushing for things and I'm playing now the opposite role <laughs> of the trying to tone it down and like, actually, there's more to it than maybe you are aware or. But think of the business side and all. And I've been struggling with myself uh, about the fact, like, who is right in this in this uh, situation, which is probably probably the wrong question even to ask. But, like, am I 
the older person now, the parent, quote-unquote parent, uh, now, right, because I do have more experience. I've seen the other side. I have more context. And so because of that, I can make a more informed decision. Um, or is the young person right? Because they haven't been, you know, like, they are still very pure in their beliefs. Right. And, that, and we should keep, we should stay true to our beliefs. And so... Like, we should make this perfect and we should really just ship this feature when we feel confident and proud of our work because if we just if we sh ship not, not high-quality stuff, you know, think of Apple and think of how they operate and whatever. They would never do this, whatever. And I am on the other side saying, think of our business. <laughs> you know, like, what are we trying to do here? At the end of the day, this is a company and the goal of the company is we have to make money to make products and we have you know it's it's, it's this cycle so we have to think about everything and it's better to ship something when it's not perfect because now whatever whatever like i'm do you feel like one side is has to be right and the other one has to be wrong the only reason why i ask this is the answer to that question will help me calibrate how much i push back and how much i try to teach if somehow i if somehow i make peace or or i agree that i have more knowledge and context so it's my job to try to teach this other person that doesn't have that context and knowledge mm -hmm. like try to guide them and also teach them you know i've been through this so let me give you this knowledge right i just been through that yeah. so let me help you let me give you all this context uh or if the other person is right and we should stay pure and effectively you just get you know corrupted <laughs> through the yeah. organization uh hierarchy and stuff um or if this person is right then i shouldn't teach them i just should take their side and fight back against the you know big brother and <laughs> the, the status quo or Evil whatever corp i know <laughs> um it's hard to answer because i don't i think no one is wrong and no one is right that you kind of need that push and pull that like basically both of you are wrong <laughs> i guess would be my my final opinion is like <laughs> you would be too conservative if you didn't have that person that's like just pushing you and like striving for these ideals that are just not possible and then that in the same way that person would fail <laughs> if they just went with their ideals um, mm -hmm. so I, I think that's that kind of friction it at least that's the way i see it is sort of the system working as intended um that there's there should be ways for that um sort of pure <laughs> vision to um to happen and turn into something but there should also be some guardrails or some like this the voice of experience who can kind of like rein that in a little bit um so you get to something that's kind of hopefully like the ideal is that it's the best of both worlds and that it's not the worst of of both right that's kind of what you want mm -hmm. um but i think you touch on something that i've been certainly thinking a lot uh lately which is like the more you progress in your career or at your company even uh the more people you start either leading or influencing and whatsoever, like the more 
you kind of build this sort of reputation and trust for yourself where people really trust you a lot. Um, so mm-hmm. anything you say, like the, the further you're in to your career, the more everything you say like gets taken as fact and the yeah, less it gets sure. questioned. And I, I am at the bottom of this. <laughs> right. And, and I'm also like not very far like on this scale. Mm-hmm. But I still question myself sometimes. It's like, am I right? Because I you don't want people to take that as a fact. You want people to challenge you to make sure yeah, that you're right. Like, and sometimes, but like, obviously, like I think that I'm right. Otherwise, I that's not I would say anything. But, um, but I always have this doubt in the back of my mind that there will come a time where someone will just go with what I say. And not question it, not based on the merits of my opinion, but based on their faith in me, <laughs> in a way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a very dangerous thing. Um, so I'm, I, I don't know if there's a solution for that, but I do know that that's like something that I, I try to actively like, uh, sort of cultivate like the opposite opinion from of what i think just to be able to validate that my opinion is like quote unquote correct um and really try to get people to to challenge my ideas um because yeah because i would never want to be in a situation where i just say like okay we're making this this call and then it ends up like totally blowing up in my face um do you do anything do you actively have any process or anything that is designed to empower people to challenge you and like try to avoid that i feel like it it has to be more of an attitude thing Mm -hmm. um like throw an attitude you've heard it here folks kevin clark throw an attitude at people no that's not what i meant (laughs) just but th- it's not like okay, you follow this like three step step process for which yeah, people yeah, yeah. apply no, their I'll... send their opinions. Like that's not really how it works. But I think you have to be really careful, like to not shut down people. Um, one thing that I try to do very often, um, because it will happen that you'll hear something sometimes where someone will have either a different opinion or um, we do these things called uh, sort of like health checks. They're kind of retrospectives that are as the project is going and someone will say something very often that it's like you're like what no <laughs> like for example i forget if we talked about this before on the show but someone will say like um oh yeah i didn't think this week we got very much done like we're kind of like stalling on the project and you're like are you serious we like completely de- like finished the design on this we've started the user research we've done this we've done that we've talked to these people like how could you possibly say this like this is false like we made so much much progress so this is something that you should avoid saying right mm-hmm. because if the person's saying like oh yeah i feel like we haven't done very much even if you know that it's not like objectively th- true I, the better way to be it is to ask questions to be like oh really why do you why do you feel that because if they feel like things aren't moving then there's a problem like regardless where it is the problem probably isn't that we're not moving <laughs> it probably is somewhere else but at least you mm-hmm. can find where that problem is and then what this does is 
it encourages that person to continue having these kinds of opinions that are sometimes different from the rest of the group because you're valuing what they're saying and saying like oh i'm interested in this like i need to i need to learn more about this why do you feel that is versus saying like nope you're wrong like this is this is not valid this is not true um Mm -hmm. so i think that's the kind of attitude that i'm talking about also i very much try to invite criticism all the time like and ask people like hey what what do you think um i also try to withdraw my opinion (laughs) as much as possible um so (laughs) if there's like a conversation that happens or something i will very often and, and we're multiple people in the room like i will very often like ask someone else hey what do you think about this um even if i know i have like my very specific opinion and i've have all this context and this knowledge i'll ask someone who maybe even has less context than i do like what do you think about that um and just see where they're coming from and sometimes like it helps me i don't know i i feel like it gives me a better uh sense of other opinions um another thing that i do is whenever people join i guess that's one of the more processy things but um when people join for example like on the checkout team one of the first activities that we do is um we speaking of printing we print um like the whole our whole checkout process and i ask them to basically like break down everything that they think is not good about it um so i tell them like okay your first task is going to be to identify like the things that could be improved (laughs) no but and what i want to do with that is really tell them that like from the very beginning a it's okay to challenge things that are there and b everything you see that we've done it's not perfect you probably don't Mm -hmm. have the full context yet on everything but it's not perfect and it can be made better so in doing that, I find that it's a great opportunity for me to explain some of the stuff that I know of the product, but it's also a great way for them to feel comfortable kind of like voicing their opinions on some of the stuff that we want to do. And also, it's kind of in a selfish way. It's a way for me to get kind of a fresh eyes perspective on a problem that I've been looking at for a very, very long time. So... I feel like we've moved a little bit <laughs> further away <laughs> from your original topic. Um, I, you kind of took it in a different direction than I thought. Because um, uh-huh. for me, I don't know that I feel like I'm uh, like more restrictive like than I used to be. Or that I'm like the parent who's like basically like, stopping people's dreams (laughs) um not not saying that that's what you do but um that was kind of like the the picture that you were painting um i feel kind of the in the in the other sense like i feel oh like they let the kids run this place (laughs) like fantastic (laughs) like we're gonna do whatever we want um and sometimes i wonder if there shouldn't be more chickens in place um it's like can i do this I don't know, I guess. <laughs> Let me do it. Um but um like I've always been kind of a responsible person, I think. So I'm also not the craziest right. uh person. So it's not just like being responsible and blah. it's like it's like right now I'm seeing with my with my report, I see myself a lot in his way of thinking. Right. Like that's how I thought two three years ago mm-hmm. and 
So I see if I was like that and now I'm different, it's because I learn more and I'm more mature and, you know, have more knowledge or am I losing track of my beliefs or whatever? Well, you know, that's a like, question like, you have to ask yourself, honestly. <laughs> like, just what feels right? What feels right to you? Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's also something that I wonder. Like, do I keep making the right decisions? Like, I don't know. <laughs> hopefully, yes. Like, hopefully, you don't get biased. Like, as you get more status, money, fame, like do you change as a person like yeah probably um does that influence your decisions yeah yeah for sure uh is it all for the good yeah i don't know like some cases yes some cases maybe not so do you feel like you sometimes you have to be the bad person there like you have to be the bad cop you're gonna have you know, and this is another like mini topic. Like, should managers be emotional? Like, should you try to be a person and whatever, and, like, really try to appeal to everyone's senses and everyone's well being and emotions? Or is it more productive and helpful, even for them, to be like, to be kind of the asshole? You know, like, ah, my boss. Like, you know, no, no, have the, to... you don't want that. You definitely don't. I'm not want saying that you should be an asshole. Of course not. But like, can you win? I don't. Sometimes I wonder. Can I win? Can I make everyone happy? Uh, sometimes you know, you have to make the tough calls and tough decisions that is going to piss someone off, like or even worse, not piss like yeah. let someone down. I feel like in these situations, <laughs> I always try to just be very honest and be like, uh-huh. "It's like, hey, I know you're pissed about this. Like, <laughs> I know this didn't turn out the way that you wanted to." The reality is things don't always turn out the way that we want them. Like, hopefully the next situation is going to be go better. But in this case, like it really ended up being like what was best for the business. I totally understand your stance and your position. Let's see how we can like work together to hopefully like ideally you want to align these things together. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah i don't know i i feel like, like you know, I, I try i always try to like i i i try to take both sides in a sense like of hey look i get it like it would have been really awesome to do this your way like i legitimately think that but ultimately there was this thing that was just like more important and it's like it sucks right. i'm sorry about that but there's nothing i can do about it um and like we should all understand why because like i feel sad of things not going my way all the time but i understand that there's a bigger picture there's a bigger context that i like if i am making that decision like i would make that same decision even if it like personally hurts me because it's like something that i really love you know but i'm like you know what that's how things need to be like that's what makes sense even though it, it like i don't like that personally so like i could get better because that's the the one thing when you're trying just to when you when you're arguing between two opinions or two points of view of course you want to of course you believe you're right and if you believe you are right giving all the knowledge that you have about the subject you believe that if you somehow communicate all the same arguments to the other person the other person will arrive at the same conclusion so they will agree with you that's like yeah <laughs> humans 
Uh, like no, that's great. not so, humans. That is that are that is robots. <laughs> wishful thinking. Yes. Um, so so I have to get I have to get better at like communicating all of the little things that are involved, right? All the little teams, all like engineering is ready or only has one week to do this. Or like, you know, this is on the pipeline. If if we don't do it this way or if we push it, it's going to affect all the other stuff in our roadmap. And like at the end of the day, I mean, you know, okay. like there's just more to the story than there's a There's a know. couple of things. Like you, you have to be in touch with what you feel. Like, for example, for me, having to design like a big like website all in one in one week, I feel like that's not a sustainable way to work um so that's how i feel personally about it so if that situation presents itself um there's two i feel like there's two different paths like either a it's like i admit that yeah this sucks uh but you know what it happens one time and it's not gonna happen again we just need it to to do this push now we can all agree that this is terrible and we're gonna power through it and and then it's not gonna we're not gonna do that again right like Mm -hmm. i think that's one thing that's fine like for me i i want to acknowledge it like even if the outcome is like but we still gotta do this like let me tell you like this is i think this is terrible and i don't want you to have to do that every time um like i think it once you clear out the air like that people are are like they basically have nothing to complain about because you're like yeah this freaking sucks like it sucks as much for me as it does for you if not more uh then people feel like okay like i'm being hurt like i'm not fighting this on my own and then whatever like now the only thing we can do is just get it done on the other hand though if you know that it's like well we got to do this now and but we probably are going to have to do this thing, the same thing again in two weeks, in a month, in six months, like that this just happens over and over. Then it's like, should be like red flag. That's like, okay, well, there's something yeah, yeah, that's sure. wrong in our process and in the way that we do things, which means that we end up being in this, these situations. So like you can, you, in this case, it's like, okay, well, let's try to understand what's going on. Like, is, like, where is the problem? Is the problem at the planning stage that we, like, underestimate how much time design takes? Is the problem that we're just not prioritizing the right things? Like, sometimes, like, it's like, do we even need a website for this? <laughs> do, we, do I need to spend time? Like, can we just reuse something that we have? Because if it's something mm-hmm. that we like literally is just not important enough for us to put in the right amount of time then maybe we can put even less time <laughs> into it um because it's not that important so let's let's do something scrappier and i very much subscribe to the the idea of like in order to get a minimum viable product like you're not it's not that you're reducing the quality to uh, ship it in time is that you're reducing the scope so it's just like okay well Mm -hmm. it took us it takes us like three weeks to get like a solid website i don't know i'm just making up these fake numbers for this um and we need to do one in one week so instead of doing a full website we'll just do like a little banner on a website and that's gonna be it so it's gonna be a very high quality banner (laughs) um but and it's still gonna do the same thing but it's gonna be there's gonna be just less of it so i that's kind of how 
I would break down this situation. I don't know if I took it like too far for what you wanted to no, talk it's, about. But no, 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 it's 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 cool and also very relevant. I don't know if you know some things. <laughs> like that was very relevant. <laughs> uh, no, it, it did help. Uh, I think so. Um, it's. I want to get back just before we kind of like move on to something else mm-hmm. on uh, the idea of growing up to become your parent. Because while I don't feel like I am the person who's like has to tell no or say no to p- to people or kind of be the voice of reason because i find myself honestly being on the other hand a lot of the time where i'm like no like you can push more like we can do crazy stuff like yeah we we can do this <laughs> this is okay um but i really do see myself becoming my parents <laughs> as i get older uh and it's both scary and also reassuring in one way like um i'd say like the first thing that i started really noticing is like my parents have the, they have their own company and honestly like i have never seen them not work <laughs> like i would remember like we would watch a movie and my mom's like like doing like the paychecks while we're doing this or watching a tv show and my dad has like a plan and he's like calculating like how much um material they need to make this this kind of thing like they're making calls and my parents were like very present because like it's a company that is like a family-owned business uh so my mom worked from home uh and my dad you know sometimes obviously had to go work because they have like a construction um excavation company um but would often like just do work at home and had no sense of schedule, like what is life and what is work. Like that's all kind of right. blended in together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I very much adopted that. <laughs> For me, it's like all one big pile. And sometimes that means one day I'm going to start working later because I've had all these other things that I was doing like the day before and I stayed at work. Mm-hmm way later like for me it's just like well whatever like i have this work to get done but whenever i get them done is kind of up to me or i just like adjust things so that it works out um so that's like one way that i feel like i've adopted from my parents and sure maybe there's like a little bit of um being a workaholic in it and just like always finding projects and things to do like for example my dad's always like renovating some part of the house (laughs) Like as soon as he has one free moment, it's like, okay, we're redoing the kitchen uh, or like we're rebuilding this thing. Um, So that's definitely something I inherited. Another thing uh, that I found, it's like funny. I kind of feel like I'm uh, a lot like my dad (laughs) uh, when I was thinking about it. Um, My dad has his business and he has... um, you know, has employees. Uh, but I, I mean, love you, dad. Uh, but ne- <laughs> never been like so the manager type, you know, that like he's great, a great like contributor and works harder than anybody I know and is so skilled and so knowledgeable, but will often choose to do something by himself rather than get other people to help him. Mm-hmm. So he will like, never ask for help for anything um and i feel like i'm fighting that tendency all the time and i think i'm better at it and i'm able to recognize the strengths of 
pulling other people in. Like the more I do this management thing, the more I learn to work with other people and trust other people. But I very much see that like this character trait that he has that is inside of me. And I've tried to like convince him many, many times <laughs> uh, to change kind of his mind there. And again, it hasn't been really successful. Try convincing your parents of anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. But um, yeah. It's like, what do you mean I should change? I made you. Yeah, exactly. Basically, yeah. It was like, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's impossible <laughs> to convince your parents of anything. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just, um, maybe it's it's just that I have more perspective. So I'm able to see these um, similarities than I used mm-hmm. to. Or maybe it's just age. <laughs> As you get older, you just fall into similar patterns of stuff that you know that you've grown up with um and just adopt these behaviors yeah it's it's when we are kids and teenagers especially teenagers we you know our childhood we are being formed we are being taught we are being you know shown what life is and how to behave and what is right and wrong and all those things and especially then when in your teenage years you rebel against your parents you Mm -hmm. rebel against authority so you want to do whatever the opposite of what your parents are telling you to do um but you just don't see that you know behind the scenes like the work is done you know the seed (laughs) is planted like sure you're trying to rebel and do the opposite (laughs) like no like you know, your parents' work is done. Like, you can't escape it. Like, I remember distinctly just, like, rebelling against having my room clean and, like, why do I have to put the dirty dishes in the dishwasher immediately? What's wrong if I leave it in the sink for a day or two or whatever? Like, all of those little things and, like, oh, why does everything have to be so clean and organized all the time? (laughs) Guess what? Now I'm just like that like and much to deborah's uh <laughs> like she, she's i'm sorry i'm not easy to but I love you Debs. Um, yeah but like but that's it like the things that i complained about and rebelled against now i'm doing it myself it's part of me mm-hmm. it's part of what i care about and who i am well you know what they say you either die a hero or live long enough to become the villain <laughs> Pretty much. But is the villain the hero in this story? <laughs> well, we're, everyone is the hero of their own story. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even the villains. Okay. Uh, I think that's a good place to end it. Uh, before we go, do we want to like lighten up and talk about some recommendations? Sure. <laughs> Let's do it. You don't want to talk about the Samsung's uh, foldable? I haven't seen that. I, let me... Let me, let me watch all the videos and read all those cuz i things. think i think that can lighten up the mood as well <laughs> okay Just... so so samsung had this big press event today um or whatever like we're not recording the same day that we were launching this whatever um and they're announcing a bunch of phones and apologies like i'm really not a samsung person so their naming is um like apple kind of crazy and doesn't really make any sense so who knows what is the name of these devices. But um, the one device that is actually sort of interesting and everyone's talking about is this new um, Galaxy Fold. So it's a smartphone that has a foldable display. So you can fold it. Like, it's kind of a weird size. It's basically like when it's expanded, 
it's sort of the display is kind of a square. <laughs> and then when you fold it around, then it kind of looks like a, you know, these old like soap bar type phones. And basically what it does is you flip the phone like so that the screen is facing itself inside. And then there's another screen on the outside. Uh, another one. Another one. <laughs> and I think what is hilarious is um, I'll put a link to the Verge article uh, where you can see this. When you fold the phone, okay, there's like m- what is probably close to like an inch and a half of bezel top and bottom on the phone. Um, and it's just like crazy amount of space top and bottom. You have this like tiny little rectangle that is like the phone area in this giant like super thick uh, device that you're holding in your hands. Like I have, I mean... I applaud them for the technological accomplishment. But Jesus, like, do you think people are going to spend $2,000 for this thing? I think not. I think not. Like, I'm really glad that you're exploring this, Samsung. But this is not, like, at the level where it's a, where it's a, a you know, product that people, real people will spend money on. Like, I don't yeah, think. This is not a product. This is a tech Well, they're, they're like, going to they sell it. Selling these. They're going to sell it. Uh, so... I haven't seen the video. I haven't seen the, the keynote. I will. I'm actually pretty curious about this. Um, but my my just initial reaction, my initial take is that this feels like we got the technology and we're trying to make a product out of it, you know, instead of, like, it's not solving any real problems. Why do you want a foldable screen? What can you do with it, right? It's like, why is that cool? Just besides the fact that you can fold a screen and that's cool, right? But it's not a product. We're not taking advantage of the technology. It's like, remember when, like, you know, back when 3D movies were a novelty and there was a bunch of 3D movies. Yep. Then all the movies would have at least one scene and when something would, like, like throw a ball to the camera, you know, and, like, so you could really have the 3D effect mm-hmm. at, at the theater. And that's, like, you're doing the scene for the technology and not, for the story, not in prole of a narrative. It's just like a little tech demo. And this feels like that. It's yeah. like, cool, you managed to have a screen that folds. That's amazing. But what you about know? having three apps side by side? <laughs> See the screenshot? Yeah, not, you can do that with a tablet. Like, you okay. know, it's, not it's, a, <laughs> it's like a WhatsApp window that's in the corner. <laughs> they have this sort of like segmented control tab bar element type thing. <laughs> it says, cha dot 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 stat dot 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 cal dot 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 everything's truncated oh this is so funny i like i don't know but you know this is probably just because whatsapp didn't have time to update their apps or whatever but but whatsapp is never gonna update their app for this that's the the whole point but i don't know i feel like there might be a use for foldable smartphones at some point in our life but i think now is not really the time like I just uh, wake me up when you can have something that's that when folded is the thickness of my existing iPhone. <laughs> but even then, what are we solving? Like that's what I want these companies to tell me. Prove I mean, to me. Or that- what if what if it was like kind of like a map? <laughs> you kind of like fold it like one side and then you fold it the other, and then you like unfold your like thirty inch display. <laughs> like an actual paper map. Yeah, like a paper a map. <laughs> I mean, I think that could have a use, right? <laughs> so forget 
pinch to zoom. It's like unfold to zoom. Or <laughs> <laughs> unfold to zoom. Yes, I love it. Someone patented this. Okay, just did. Quick. Okay, so, um, so we should we should move on. All it's right. getting cool. A long long boy. Uh, <laughs> let's do recommendations before we go. Um, I can start since I don't see your recommendation in the list. I have. I have, something. I have something. You should add it. Okay. My recommendation is a very old school app for the Mac called Moon. Have you heard about this? It's pretty. I think I have heard of this before. What does it do again? So what this does is it's like a, 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 a Windows Move and Zoom uh, management okay. yes. tool. So I never, never use this tool uh, or anything like. There's a there's a lot of tools like this. So. Um, I'm gonna put a, link in the, uh, put a link in the show notes for this one. I tried like three. This was the best one, and the reason why it's the best one is like uh, you can just hover the like the go to full screen button. You know, on the Mac window, we have the three traffic light buttons. Yep. So uh, if you have this app installed, when you hover on the green one, so the one that would take you to full screen, you get a little pop up thing in where you have more options. So you can quickly make the app full screen, but not not full screen mode. Just like take just get as big as you can which by the way you can do if you hold if you hold option and press that but you can do stuff like hey make this window take like half of the screen right you know, vertically or half of the screen um you know horizontally or whatever uh and that was like that's cool and the reason why i installed this now because so the app came out originally in 2011 so this is old school um the reason why i really like this one in particular is that you can set a bunch of other little things so not only can you make it like half of the screen but you can also center it so you can center the window which i do that all the time and i just before this app i would just make it full screen and then if you if you resize the window while uh holding the option key you resize it from both sides at the same time so i would do that just to center the app <laughs> and so, so you can have a bunch of options and you can customize all of this you can do like Hey, automatically resize the window to this specific size and center it. And it's becoming even more useful to me since I have now an external display. And as you probably know, when you unplug the display, all of the windows, like their position and size, all hell go crazy. <laughs> crazy. And I'm never like a full screen type of person on the Mac. Like that's that's never how I use it. It was a very Windowsy thing to do. Um, and so I always have like my windows centered a little, just a little window as big as you need it to be. Um, that's usually how I, how I work. And so having this tool just, then you can, uh, you can have a bunch of keyboard shortcuts so you can work and get your windows, uh, tidied up. Awesome. So my recommendation this week is a bit of an odd one, uh, but you know, <laughs> we'll just go with strange recommendations. I think those are the most interesting ones. So it's this website called What Do You Call It? <laughs> um, and basically what it is is mostly a collection of uh, physical product designs. Um, and it's just this highly curated website. And, I mean, you can use it for whatever you want, but I think it's just... I use it as inspiration for myself because they're all products that just have this aesthetic that I'm really into mm -hmm. right now. Um, and it's extremely well curated. Um, so if you find yourself 
looking for a kind of inspiration. Uh, I've talked a lot about how personally, um, whenever I need inspiration, I don't need to specifically look at um, UIs. I just need to basically, I, I need to like warm up my designer brain uh, <laughs> and look at things that I like <laughs> uh, that are well designed. Um, and honestly, for me, it works to look at, you know, physical products um and this is just like a extremely well curated uh website so um if you're kind of in need for that sort of inspiration um kind of add that what i do is i add it to my um bookmarks i have like a bunch of stuff of where i'll just load up one of the websites and just browse it for a little bit and typically like i'm gonna get really inspired to get the work done something so check it out I like how it's organized or sorted by like style and color palette. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I I've noticed like I think I've recognized some like a shot from an Apple ad, I think. Like in Japan at night. Maybe I'm not maybe I'm mistaken. Yeah, I'm not sure. This feels like it, but oh damn, this looks good. Cool 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 cool. Alright, so that's it. Uh oh, we still have shout outs. Let's do shout outs. Yeah. Um, so first person I want to give a shout out to uh, was Philip Pizzle. <laughs> Hopefully I said it right. Uh, apologies if I didn't. But uh, uh, Philip uh, reached out to me on Instagram, uh, recommended a book uh, based on some of the stuff we were talking about last week. Um, and uh, he also, uh, we also had like a good conversation on design tools. So um, thank you for that, Philip. That was awesome. Okay, so next person is Darren Mitchell, uh, who gave us a shout out on Twitter. So huge thanks to you. Um, thank you for listening. It really means a lot. Um, we also have a shout out to good friend of the show, which we haven't heard from in a really long time. Chevy. Chevy. Um, he uh, liked my uh, Mary Kondo <laughs> sentence. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have uh, Dave Darns. Dave Darns, I love that Dave Darns. Um, he tweeted, uh, he recommended our show uh, on Twitter. Thank you, Dave. Uh, and lastly, this is not like he didn't really give a shout out, but also totally did. Uh, Pablo Stanley, who he was in town, uh, Amsterdam, that is, for the awards conference, and uh, I got to meet him. You mean a, wait, wait? Do you mean the awards conference? Yeah, sorry, I totally I mispronounced that. The awards conference in Amsterdam. Spend the spend the morning with him. Uh, it's the first time I met him, uh, it was great. I'm trying to convince him to move to Amsterdam. Uh, slowly, one designer at a time. We will we will form our design mecca uh, in Amsterdam. <laughs> After getting everyone uh, to to move to uh, Porto in Portugal, <laughs> now <laughs> getting everyone to move to Amsterdam. You'll see one so. framework loop conference at a time. Yeah. Actually, speaking of which, they just announced dates for the new. Oh no way. 2019 cool yeah so please come. actually now that i'm here i'm wondering like maybe i don't need to go to the conference because everyone's going to be here like that's the most important part yeah for me who knows uh so yeah thanks pablo for the shout out uh and for the hangs and uh that's it that's it for the show uh you can follow us and uh you know we can mention this on twitter and you get a, your own shout out on the next episode uh and we are at layout fm 
over there. I am at Rafahari. Kevin is at Vernal Kick. You can find the show notes, links for all the stuff that we recommended and that we talked about. Um, on Our show notes are on the website or your podcast app of choice, whatever you're using. You're going to find it. You're smart. Uh, but our website is layout.fm on the web. Um, just a quick reminder, again, if you tweet at GoAbstract and at layout.fm, you know, mentioned in the show, you're going to enter a chance to win uh, $500 of credits uh, to the abstract, you know, their business plan, which is amazing value for a tweet. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So <laughs> honestly, if you want to, if you want to be the employee of the month, you know what to do. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, our huge thanks to abstract for sponsoring uh, this week's episode of layout. And uh, lastly, this show is part of the spec FM network. So if you're looking for more stuff to listen to, head over to their website. That's uh, spec.fm. I mean, spec.fm. That's how websites work. Uh, yeah. Dude, I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Talk to you next week. <laughs>